Winter Bible is a time where they call home the ministers that can come home with the purpose of us coming in, just like what I said, to come back and have an opportunity for them to minister to us. And what they're doing is they're ministering to us what they're hearing from God, right, for, for, for the organization and for the alumni and for all the, the missionaries and the 282 Bible schools and all of the, they're, they're, mentor, they're ministering to us what they're hearing from God. And the great thing is, is seeing how all of it goes together. In other words, that we're not communicating, you know, and it's, you know, in, in, in other words, I'm not communicating to them with what I'm hearing from God, and they're not communicating to us on a daily basis with what they're hearing anyway. But, but when we get there and they explain and they everything, it's just so cool to see how the Holy Spirit works. Yeah. Amen? Because it's, we're all lining up. And, you know, it was prophesied, I forget when it was, I think it was in the early 90s that Rama the Rama organization will have a large impact in the end time, the last day's revival, right? In other words, bringing Jesus back. And I think that's why the Holy Spirit, that's why God is, God is using us. God is preparing us. I mean, you know, we're in the last days right now. But all that, they did all of that. And the point is, I'm trying to make a long story to make a simple point. And the simple point is I got revelation, all right, about uh, what, we're, what we need to do as a church, Okay, and there again, I know we're talking about prayer and we'll get back to that in just a second, but I need to share this with you because you're my people, you're my church. And we're not changing anything drastically, all right, because we're doing pretty much what, what we need to be doing. We're teaching the truth, we're teaching, the, uh, we're teaching healing, we're teaching hope, we're teaching the Holy Spirit, we're teaching, we're teaching like we need to be teaching. We're making disciples. You know, and Michelle did a great job Wednesday night explaining how we do disciples at at, at Compass Church, you know, a discipleship for us is you take the lost and you get the lost saved. And then after you get the lost saved, you get the lost taught. And then after you get them taught, now you get them equipped. And after you get them equipped, now you, you, you make plans and you work to get them positioned to do what God's called them to do. Now, all of us are somewhere on that path. And then the disciple after going through the process, now becomes a discipler and starts the process all the way back over. So we're doing pretty much, we're doing what God's told us to do. But the, the biggest thing that, that God put on my heart, and this is so important because it was so clear. I know y'all get tired of hearing me say that. I really try not to say the same things over and over, but this is important because God really, he was very clear when he told me this. Because I, I seek God when I do these things. It's not a, it's not a joke, guys. It's, it's very, very serious. And God told me, because I wanted to know, what is it, what is it you want me to pick? What, what did I need to know from this? And he told me, he said, I'm telling you this because I know you'll do this. I know your heart. And this is what God told me. He said, the body of Christ is pushing the Holy Spirit out of my equation. And he said, I'm telling you this because I know that you'll teach the Holy Spirit. And he, he, told me, he said, he said you, you will teach the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he told me. And he was very clear. And, I, and, then, and so I really, I meditated on that and I thought about it and I thought, wow. You know, it's really sad that the church, I'm talking about the big C church, is, is pushing the Holy Spirit to the side. You know, and this ties to prayer, guys. Because I'm going to tell you something, the power of God only flows in our lives through the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is a part of our equation, right? And you got to think about this. And God is a, he's a smart God, all right? You know, you got to think, nothing in your life surprises him. Nothing in this world surprises him. Nothing is a surprise. In other words, he had this thing planned out from beginning to end. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the wrong decisions you're going to make, the right decisions you're going to make. He knows all of these things, and he's smart. And he made a system to reach us and a system to grab hold of us. And he set all of that in place. And, and, and you got to remember something. He doesn't do anything without purpose. You know how we like to joke, especially me, if you hang around me anytime, I like to joke and have a good time and this, that, and other. And sometimes we just have good, silly times, and sometimes conversation is just about nothing. That's not God. If he speaks, it was with purpose. If he creates something, it's with purpose, right? He created everything with purpose. You, can, you, can, you know, people talk all the time about just if you want to see God, look at his creation, because you look at the, if you think about the, the skill and the, 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 the expertise it took to create this very earth that had to survive on its own, it had to fix itself, it had to replenish itself, it had to re- provide resources for us and for, for, uh, for as long as we're here until Jesus takes us back. Uh, God designed all of this and he created every single thing with a purpose, every, every tree, every bug, every, the way it operates, everything is created with a purpose. He's pretty smart. But see, he created you with a purpose also. See, we all play into this picture. And and guys, this is so very important. He created us all with that purpose. All right? And the thing that we have to understand is that the first thing that he did was he sent Jesus to be a part of that plan. Now we know all the we know that Jesus he sent Jesus here to to for all of our benefit for to to be our become a man to to walk this earth to be the perfect sacrifice and and he he walked all, he did all of that and he spent his time here he grew up and he and then he, then he mentored the disciples and taught them how to live and 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 and, and how to be the, God's hands and God's feet and God's voice as they lived and walked this earth and and he he and then as Jesus went all the way up and then he went through the sacrifice, which was horrible. And then he went to the cross and then he went to the, and then he died and he was buried. And then he rose again. He, he took on sickness. He took on the curse of this land. He faced the devil so that we wouldn't have to. And through the sacrifice, he defeated the devil so that we, we don't have to, he's already defeated. And that was all part of God's plan. But then in, in, in Romans 8, 34, he tells us that after Jesus rose again, he's no longer on the earth. See, the Holy Spirit's part of the equation. Jesus is no longer... 8.34 tells us that Jesus ascended. God is now on the throne, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Interceding on our behalf. Well, if he's up there interceding on our behalf, come on, if we're going to pray to our Heavenly Father, come on, how are we going to get our prayers answered? Well, there's another part of the equation. It's called the Holy Spirit, right? We cannot keep pushing him to the side. And, and, and we've got we've to teach on him. We've got to have a relationship. We've got to understand him. If he's sent to lead us, we need to know how he's sent to lead us. And if God's power operates through the Holy Spirit, we cannot. He's not optional, Too many people today believe that he's optional. He's not. God says he's a part of my equation. This is is so very important, guys. He was sent to be our advocate, our counselor, our strengther, our standby. He was sent to lead us. All of these things. 
But God told me, he said, my church is pushing him aside. Pushing him aside. And people wonder why they're not seeing their prayers answered. Well, how it works is when you pray the prayer of faith, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf. Now, let's just really simplify it. Jesus says, hey, there's a prayer of faith, Father, right there. Nathan has presented a request by faith. We have to honor that. So God moves and he moves. And now Nathan's faith works through the power of God, which operates through the Holy Spirit in his life. And now he gives manifestation to the prayer in his life. Guys, the Holy Spirit is not optional. It's not. There's a lot of ministers, and I've, I've talked to a lot of ministers. I'm not trying to criticize them, and sometimes we have to, a lot of times we have to agree to disagree. But there's a lot of them that say, well, we just can't talk about that from the pulpit. That, that scares people away. Well, then you're not teaching it correctly because there's nothing scary about it. But it's vital. It's an absolute. It is, you've got to have that helper. You've got to have that advocate. You've got to, you get, if he's sent to lead you, so many people are going astray because they're not being led correctly. And it's because they haven't been taught correctly. How you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, how you hear his voice, how you, how you allow the power of God to work in your life. I mean, Acts 1.8 tells us that you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll be honest with you, a lot, a lot of ministries, and, and we've never really emphasized that, that is a choice that you have to make if you want to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's a choice. But if you're going to walk in that power and accomplish what God's called you to do, I'm going to encourage you. That is not optional. You need to have it. When you, when, when you need to intercede on your family's life and you don't know how, and God's telling you pray for them, pray for them, and you don't know how to pray if you haven't been infilled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, which is making intercession for your family, you can't pray these things out. It's vital, guys. It's fine. That's where the power comes from. Of course, you know, Acts 4.31 tells us that that's where our boldness comes from, from being a believer. People are afraid to share the gospel. Well, where's that boldness? Where's the boldness? You know, if you feel that way, I want you to, 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 to dive into this, right? And I know we're, we're going to get to the prayer in just a minute, but this is so important. So important. We're not going to push the Holy Spirit aside at Compass Church. We're not going to, guys. And somebody, I, talked to one, uh, I was talking to one minister, and he said, oh, you're going to be one of those churches. Yes. It, well, yes, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be one of those churches. And this particular individual is changing his whole, not, not necessarily all of his doctrine, but he's taking a lot of it out, and he's shifting all this. What he's doing is he's, he's trying to change to be like another ministry here in town, that's a rather large ministry. He's trying, well, I'm going to do exactly what they're doing because they're drawing a big crowd. And I'm telling you, I'm, my heart is, no, you don't. You be who you called to be. Listen, I would rather teach the truth and the 100% of the truth and see the power of God work in three people and stand before God and know that I did what I was supposed to do than build a worldly organization that had 10,000 people. It's not about that. Guys, we cannot do this. We can't do it. The Holy Spirit is an absolute if you're going to accomplish what God has called you to do. He's an absolute. And as a matter of fact, look with me at 2 Corinthians 2. Beginning, no, 1 Corinthians 2. Beginning in verse 1. Paul talks about something very important. 
Because what he's talking about right here, he says, our wisdom, that as we live on this earth and as we walk on this earth, our wisdom isn't to come from the wisdom of men. It's to come from the Holy Spirit. Now, what Paul's talking about right here is he's making a point to the people of Corinth. He's making a point. He's, he, he, he's, he's coming back to preach to them. But look at what he says in verse 1. He says, my brothers and sisters, when I first come to proclaim to you the secrets of God, in other words, when I come to preach to you, he says, I'm reading out of the passion because the passion's like me, right? It's got a little kick. He says, I refuse to come to you as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. What's he saying right there? He says, I'm not coming here because I've took pulpit speech for 10, speech for 10 years. I'm dressed accordingly. I can speak a certain way. No, I'm coming here to show you that I'm an ordinary man that is being used by God because I'm a willing vessel. And it's not me doing the preaching. It's the anointing and the power of God working through me. See, too many people got to get a hold of that and stop trying to be something else. Be who God God's called you to be. But look, he goes on. He says, for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus. I love this guy. It's my concern. The crucified Messiah. He says, I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with the reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. Guys, that's any minister that ever gets before a group of people. I don't care who it is. When you stand up here, and Keith can shake his head to this, he can understand. When you first come up, do you not feel a little overwhelmed? You're like, oh my gosh, am I going to say the right thing? Am I going sp- to stutter? Am I gonna, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do? Am I going to make a mistake? Are they going to throw tomatoes at me? You're thinking about all these things, but you have to quickly turn it around and realize it's not about me. It's the anointing of God that's going to flow. I mean, that's why Keith did a great job. Because the, it wasn't all about Keith. Of course, Denise helped him a lot too there, but it was all about the anointing of God flowing through the willing vessel to come up here to teach. It's very important, guys. And he goes on and he goes, gosh, I'm like, i got to get to my prayer. He goes on, he says, he says, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. See, people are looking for churches because they entertain them, because he can preach good to me, because they sing good to me. They have the biggest coffee bar. Whatever, people are for the wrong reasons. Paul's making a point. It's not about any of that. It's about the anointing flowing and allowing the power of God to move. But he goes on to say, right there, he says, for God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom but by trusting in his almighty power. Guys, our wisdom is not to come from this earth. It's not, not please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, uh, speaking against an education. There's a balance to this. Education is vital. You know, get your education. But that's not the absolute. The absolute, the only absolute in this earth is the word of God and the power of God and God Almighty. Amen. I know the world's trying to teach us that there is no absolute truth, but they're confused also. But I'm going to tell you something. Our wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, not from man. But how many of you know, just look at what's happening in this world. Most people only look to man for the answers. How do I fix this problem? Well, let's go talk to a professional on this situation, right? Now, you you do seek counsel, but there's a balance to it. 
right? We should, when it comes to God leading us and moving us in, in, in our lives and into the next thing, guys, you need to learn to not only seek counsel, but you need to go to God first and allow him to work in your life and allow him to reveal some things. And listen, don't fall like everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but a lot of people with only seeking earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is not going to give you the answers for the problems of this world. It's just not going to do it. Now, what does all that have to do with Compass Church and how we affect the body of Christ and all that good stuff? Listen, throughout the past three, I'd say three decades, there's been a shift in church culture. Some of you older people know exactly what I'm talking about. There's been a drastic shift. The way we teach, the way we preach, the way we worship, the way, all, these, all these great things, all of this is shifted. And the reason it has shifted, for there's many reasons. But ultimately, it's because Satan has perverted a lot of that. Right? How many of you know if Satan can't beat something, he's going to pervert it in our minds because that's where he attacks us. That's why the Holy Spirit has such a bad image because he has gotten in people's head and convinced them that it's not necessary, that's kind of weird, that's just not for today, you don't need that, and people are believing him, right? But we've changed, we've seen all of that, and through all of this, we've, we've seen through, uh, through, through all of that, one of the biggest things that people are doing is they're closing the door to the Holy Spirit. Closing the door to the Holy Spirit. So accomplished church, we're not going to close that door, all right? We are, not, we are going to give place for the Holy Spirit to operate. If that's how the power, power of God works in our lives, why would we shut that door? Now, what, why would, we were not going to. When, so, and let me tell you something. Because of this, there's a lot of people trying to do church without the tools that God has given them. There's a lot of people trying to do ministry and they don't even have the Holy Spirit in, their equa- in, the, in the equation. There are ministers that are preaching their church is dying and they're, people, they're wondering why is their church dying? It's because they're not preaching any life. There's no life there. They've shut that door because it may offend somebody. Come on, you guys know we don't do anything crazy, quirky, goofy, or weird. We may be different, but that's okay. That's how God made us. So don't look at me, you're weird too, so... <laughs> But listen, we're not going to shut the door on the Holy Spirit. We're not going to, we're not, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, this is one of my favorite verses, out of the Passion, it says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. One version says, do not quench the Spirit. Austin did a great job when he was teaching on the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night, uh, uh, talking about how we, the ways in which we quench the Spirit. You know, don't we don't, we're not going to quench the Spirit. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people not seeing answers to their prayers in their life because they've quenched the fire. They've put that fire out. Or they've never allowed that fire to come in place. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. We're not going to do it. We're going to give room for the Holy Spirit to, to flow and to operate. And as He leads, you know, we're not going to be, we're not going to be goofy or weird, right? But one of the biggest things, and this is to be the one thing that we're going to change, and I said this last week. We're going to open our altar up. Amen. We're going to, we've closed, churches have closed their altar. Well, you know, Pastor, that's just the way we did it back in the day. Let me tell you something. The Word of God was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and it'll, it'll be the same. And I'm going to tell you, we've broken away from some things, trying to get, lean more to culturally way things are done today. And we're, we, we're, we're getting away from things that are absolute. We're getting away from the power of God. Come on, I'm going to tell you something. If you need healing, we're going to open our altar. If you need salvation, we're going to open our altar. 
And I'm going to tell you, there's ministers that I get so frustrated with. And because they, they will tell you, we're just done away with the salvation prayer. I just leave that up to the, to the congregation. Are you kidding me? That's what the church is for. How are you going to get them through the discipleship process if you don't get the lost saved? you got to get them started. And they, you know, I was talking with a, a gentleman about it, and he was like, well, we just don't do that. That's embarrassing for the people to come down front. Guys, Scripture's very clear. God says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny, I'll deny, I'll deny you before the Father. It, it, it can't be about, we can't get caught up in a, not offending or embarrassment. It's not about any of that. Let me tell you something. When you need Jesus to come into your life, you need a change. You need something, and you should be excited about that change because you're about to receive something that's going to change you into a new person on the inside and set you in place and give you the Holy Spirit to come in you to empower you to do great and mighty things just like Jesus said we would do. You shouldn't be ashamed about that. And I'm going to say this. This is always the thing that I, I, I get so frustrated with these with people that just do blanket prayers to the congregation. That's like just throwing out a net hoping you catch one or two. Let me tell you something. You can throw a blanket prayer out there and there can be 10,000 people say it. Two, get saved. Just because you say a prayer doesn't get you saved. You have to confess with your mouth, but you have to believe with your heart. And if you don't understand what's happening, and if you're not bold enough to come confess it with your mouth, right? Come on, because you don't want to be embarrassed, all right? Then you're not going to get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we've got to, we're, going to, we're going to open our altar back up. We're going to open it. We've got to. We've got, and this, this has got to be... It's, it can't just be Compass Church. It's got to be the church. It's got to be the church. And these, these guys that think that they're trying to do things a certain way to fit in with these new trends and these new styles. And, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay with shifting a little bit and, and making adjustments. But you can't take out the things, the fundamentals that are true and that are absolute and that are vital to what our purpose is. Amen. You can't remove them. Right. We cannot remove them. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you, we're going to give, we're going to give room. I'm trying to figure out how to tie this back to prayer, guys. But we'll get this back in there. But you can tie this back, guys, because if, you, if, you, if you're not seeing answers to your prayer, where are you on your relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit? Because you understand, Jesus intercedes on your behalf when you pray. But God only works in your life through the Holy Spirit. Is he there? Or is he leading you? Have you been in field? Right? If you want to be in field, we'll give you an opportunity to be in field. It's not anything weird. It's not anything strange. It's, a, it's scriptural, and it's a necessity for you to walk in all that God's called you to do. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Y'all are looking at me kind of funny, so we're going to dive. I'm just telling you guys. I'm just telling you. We can't quench that fire. You, you can't quench the fire in your own life. You cannot do it. You can't. So many people get caught up in the world, and it's because they don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, right? And I know I went through the days of the, the quirky days when the Holy Spirit parties and all of these went on and people were running, shouting, and, 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 and listen, I'm going to tell you something. Don't. Don't put somebody down because they get so excited in the yeah. joy of the Lord that they have to run. Right? right? Don't do that. Yeah. 
You're putting yourself in a position where you're putting yourself up there with God, and that's dangerous. If, 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 if you get excited about the things of God by balancing a marshmallow on your nose and walk in this room, I don't care. You know what? You're excited for God. You know, it doesn't matter. And some people say, well, that's just not God. God can do that. Well, God can make anything. He can do anything. So if that's how God reaches you, then so be it. It's, amen? So be it. Glory to God. All right, so let's get out of prayer. I'm only going to give you one nugget. You know, we're stretching this out, but this is a very important nugget, right? The ABCs of prayer, this is part three. You can go back and listen to Listen, it's easier to find these things on Facebook because we're, sometimes we're two or three weeks out getting the podcast up. And so if you need to go back, you can go back to Facebook and, and, uh, and reflect back on those a little quicker. But this is part three of the ABCs of prayer, right? Now, and what we've been doing through this whole series is, is we've been laying a foundation. We've been laying a foundation based on the scripture. I'm not going to re-preach the whole thing, but I'll give you the highlights because we haven't gotten far into it, right? And so we're, we're laying this foundation, and what we're doing is we're teaching you that, uh, how to pray, all right? And what we're teaching you is the little things that people overlook as they get ready to pray. Right, And so we're going to take you from the beginning, we're going to get you on up, and today we're going to get to the point where we go to God, okay? So you can get excited about that, right? So as we're about to present it with God, but we're not going to stop there because there's still things you've got to do after the fact, right? So we'll get to that in just a minute. But we're laying this foundation, and we're getting you, we're getting you ready, and so, so and, and let me tell you this, as you grow spiritually and the more word you get inside of you, see, what I'm explaining to you sounds like a long process, but the more you get this inside of you and it becomes a part of you, you get it in your spirit, it happens just like that, yeah. right? So, all right, so, and, and let me just tell you this, as I continue to list these things, they, and I even had somebody question, Pastor, some of those are just, I say elementary, that's a, they said, that sounds dumb. You mean people really aren't doing that? Yes, what I'm sharing with you are things that people really are not doing when it comes to their prayer lives, right? Yeah. So some of these are going to seem kind of simple, some of these are going to seem kind of self-explanatory, some of these are going to be like, what? You know, all right? That's all right. The Holy Spirit give it, has put it in here, and it is needed. Amen? So the first thing that you got to do, and this is the one that always got me, is when, when we're, we're, remember, we're laying a foundation, so we're gonna, I'm going to give you the little nuggets here. The first thing that you got to do when you got to pray is you got to be specific, okay? And you got to know what you need. It's amazing how many people do not know what they need for their life. You see, you know, it's why I've always said you've got to take responsibility for your, for your Christian walk. You need to know, you know, you need to know the health of your family. You need to know the finances of your family. You need to know how to do a budget. You need to know, you need to know all of these things so that when you go to prayer, you can be specific, right? We saw where Paul was specific. Jesus was specific, right? Know what you need. I can't tell you how many times people have come down to a prayer line and you ask them what they need. I don't know. I just need some money. How much money? Do you need 10 bucks or do you need $10,000? What, what do you need? I don't know. Just tell God to send me some money. No, you're not getting nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, wrong heart, number one, but be specific. What do you need? If you need $500 to get out of debt or this month or this situation, and let me just say this, that well, $500 is what you pray for. Don't get caught up in just trying to jump straight into believing God for a million dollars. Right? You don't have faith for that, especially if you're new to this and you haven't developed your faith. You've got to take the baby steps. That's why you've got to know what's happening in your life so that you can pray daily according to that. If you need 50 extra dollars this week, that needs to be your prayer. 
And then when you pray and you believe God for it and your faith brings it into manifestation in your life, come on, now you built your faith up a little more. Now you can move over to next week or the next month or whatever when you need to believe him for $500. And then eventually you work this thing up and you're not having to believe him for finances at all. Now you're believing him for different things. You know, it can be healing, it can be salvation, it can be anything, right? Right? So the point is, is you got to be specific. And then after you know what you need, and you're get, remember now, we're getting this prayer ready to go to God with it. So, all right, first thing, I know I've got a need. I see that need, all right? So now the next thing you've got to do is you've got to pray according to God's Word. So you're going to get in the Word, and you're going to find a promise that promises it to you. How many of you know it's full of promises? Yeah. Because of our covenant, those promises are ours. We just need to access them by faith. Right, so you're gonna now. You, you, now you're gonna find your scriptures. All right, all right. Scriptures, scripture says, Lord, that you're gonna provide for me. Oh, I'm grabbing hold of that. And then you're usually gonna find more than one scripture, and you dig into these scriptures, and now you begin to meditate on these scriptures. Remember, and now what you're doing is you're putting those scriptures inside you. Right. What are you doing? You're building faith. You're getting them inside. You're getting them deep inside of you till they come a part of you so that you can stand. Because let me tell you something. Anytime you go into God with prayer, the enemy is right there to stop you. And the way that he's going to stop you is he's going to get in your head and get you into some form of unbelief. In other words, you don't believe what you just prayed. You don't believe what you just read. So you've got to get those promises, those scriptures deep inside of you so that you can stand. All right. So you've, you know what you need. You found the scriptures. That's why you hear people say all the time, well, I'm standing on this scripture. I'm standing on this. That means they're believing. They're in a battle right now. They're believing for something, right? And so you stand on that scripture. And then after that, now you're ready. You're ready to, 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 to get after this thing. And so now you've got to make sure that you're in a place where you can fight the good fight of faith. The, the word talks about fighting the good fight of faith. Now you're ready to fight the good fight of faith because you've got the scripture on the inside of you. You've built up your faith. You believe the scripture. The, and, and, you know, just remember this. Faith is an unquestionable belief. That means that when, and when you get it inside of you, you're fully persuaded. There's no way that you're going to believe anything contrary to God, what the Word is telling you, right? So you've got this. And, and that's why people say all the time that, or, well, well, we'll get to that in just a second. But, so we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith, which is nothing more than speaking out the Word of God, which is our weapon, remember? Speaking out the Word of God that you believe in your spirit, in your heart. So another reason why you get that Word in you and you meditate on it and do you believe, you know, people, I've heard people say many times, I try word. I've tried God's word. You can, let me just go ahead and tell you this. You cannot try it. You cannot try it. You do it. It's an absolute, you do it. That's the way you live. You do it regardless, regardless of why you're going through this struggle. I remember when I was going through hell when I was young and I tried church, and I tried this. Nothing changed in my life until I decided I'm going to do it, and I will not back down. I didn't care who liked, didn't like me. I didn't have friends for two years, and I stood by myself. That was a lonely two years, but I fought that fight, and I came out victorious. And I'm going to tell you, it was hard, but I didn't quit. I did it. I did it. I did not try it. I did it. I did it. And then I, there's a there's a lot to that testimony right there, but I won't get into that today, right? 
So after you get into that, and, and, and now you've, you know what you need, you found your scriptures you're going to stand on, you've got it so much ingrained in you, it's a part of you, and now you're ready, you can stand against the enemy when he tries to convince you you're not, your prayer's not going to be answered. Come on. And you see this most, most often with healing, right? right? So you're, you've done all of these things, and I'm about to give you the greatest next step. And this is so deep, guys. It is going to blow you away. You're not going to believe this, but this is, this is deep. Are you ready? You got your pens ready? The next step, ask. Ask. Ooh, that was deep, wasn't it? Guys, you won't believe how many people aren't asking. Aren't ask, ask God. That's your next step. You're going to ask him for what you're believing for. Guys, this, <laughs> and I'm going to say, and please don't meet me at the door and say, well, the scripture says in Matthew that the Lord knows all the things that you need. Yes, that is very true. But he also says repeatedly in his, throughout his scripture that we are to ask him. So you know what? If he says I need to ask, I need to ask. Right. I'm going to ask. Amen. It's, it's, it just, it blows me away at the number of people that are just walking this earth, existing. And by existing, I mean they're just walk around. You know, I'm a good person. I've heard this many times. I'm a good person. You know, I don't do too many bad things. You know, I, have to, I, may, do, I may drink a little. I may do this. I'm, but I'm still, God knows I'm a good person. And because I'm a good person, I, just, I don't have to pray. I just believe he's going to do, do whatever's best for me. That's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. Jesus himself, John 16. We've got to go to John 16. I'm not going to go through all of them for the sake of time, but there's a lot of verses where Jesus says, ask, ask. Verse 20, I think it's 22. Uh, 23. Yeah, 23. It says, ask in that day and you ask. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give you. This is Jesus talking now. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Guys, that's Jesus. Jesus says, hey, you, you need something, ask for it. Don't just live your... Don't just live your life not knowing what you need. Don't just live your life just thinking, well, God's going to like me better than everybody else because I'm a good person. You know, God don't show favorites. He set a system in place, and all we've got to do is follow the system. And he's telling us to ask, so ask, ask, ask. Everybody say ask. That's, the, that's a big one, guys. Don't just assume God's just going to... Well, you know, he's just going to take care of this situation. No, if you're in a situation, know what you need to get out of that situation, then ask him in faith. Amen. Very important. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Mark 11. Mark 11. And I want to show you something. And, and I'm going to give you a nugget today. This would typically be a Wednesday night nugget. So you guys are going to really have to, really have to stick with me on this, right? Because we're going to go a little deeper here. And this is very important when it comes to asking you know why people, most people don't receive their answers when they ask? They struggle believing, right? Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, we've quoted it thousands of times. And this is Jesus talking. But I'm going to show you something that if you will get a hold of, it will change your prayer life. It will change your prayer life. This is so important. 
I even heard, had one minister tell me, I just can't teach that because I just think people won't, they won't, they can't grasp it. Well, no, well, then shame on you. You need to put it out there and let the Holy Spirit give revelation of it because this is so very important. Because this is key to you seeing answers to your prayer, right? So look what Jesus says right here. He says in verse 22, he says, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. I always remember doubt is from the enemy to try to get you into unbelief because unbelief counteracts your faith and faith is necessary for you to get your prayers answered as we're about to see, right? But believes those are the things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So when you pray or when you ask God, you've got to believe. You've got to believe. What? Let's just really make this, let's just simplify this. I've got to believe it before I get it, right? That's what he's saying. You've got to believe it before you get it. Right? That's, that's what Jesus said right there. Right? Now, this, a lot of people struggle with this. That don't sound natural, Pastor. Well, you know what? We're not talking about natural things. We're talking about spiritual things. Please stick with me now. This is very important. Remember, we just talked about, Paul was explaining to us that our wisdom, as we live our lives on this earth, is not to come from the wisdom of men. That means that you, you're not going to have all the answers because Nathan said it, or because Pop said it, or because the doctor said it, or because this politician said it. You're not, no, our wisdom is to come from the Spirit. The wisdom is to come from the Holy Spirit, right? So that's where, that's where, we're, that's where our answers are coming from. Remember, we're not talking about natural things. Guys, our wisdom is to come from the Spirit of God. Why? It's because Satan is the God of this world. And if Satan is the God of this world, he operates in the worldly way. He operates through our senses. In other words, he operates through what we can see, what we can smell, what we can hear, what we can touch, what we feel. He, that's how he operates with us. And you want to go look at the majority of what the sin operates through also. It drags you through what you can see, feel, touch, all those great things, you know. Right? But this is how he operates, our physical, in the physical realm. Yeah. And as a result, this is so important, that's how people view truth. In other words, it can only be true if I can see it, if I can feel it, if I can touch it, if I can smell it, if I can. It's not true. And, they, and then they'll hear someone say, well, you've got to believe to get your prayers answered. Well, then they go and they try God. Well, I'll try that, but I still, still got to touch it. Remember how Thomas, that's what we call that, the Thomas faith, right? But, you know, you got, you got to believe it before you receive it, right? But you see, you can't see spiritual things, can you? This is very important. You can't, spiritual things are not natural. Spiritual things are not, are, are not, are not, are, they're not material. They're not tangible. They're not touchable. They're not, all of the, you can't see any of that, right? So let me tell you something. So what you need to do when you pray is you've got to tap into the spiritual realm. You've got to bring what your answer from the promise of God, you've got to bring it from the spiritual realm into the natural right. in your life. This is what you're doing when you're praying. That's right. right? And I'm just getting into it, you know. I'm just showing you this, the, the basics. Some of you may have never heard this, but most pastors, most all your pastors know this. They just oh, that's hard to teach. I don't know. The people need to understand this. 
You've got to tap into it. You've got to reach into it. And you've got to bring it into manifestation in your life, guys. And you got, in order to do that, you've got to understand something. And let, let me tell you something. If you're going to grow spiritually, you've got to understand this. There are two kinds of truth in this world. Two kinds of truth. And this is, you've got to get this. You're going to believe one of them, right? And, and of course, the first truth is it's just worldly truth which is influenced by Satan, which is the God of this world. And and by the way, remember, he operates through our senses. So you're either going to believe just what the world says is true, which has been influenced by the devil, or or all of this, or you're going to believe what I call revelation truth, which is revelation truth is just based on the word of God. And, and, And it is influenced by the Holy Spirit. There's two kinds of truths right there. And you've got, you have to make a decision when you're going through something in your life. Which one are you going to believe? You know, and I, I thought about Michelle when she was sharing this today, sharing her story. Guys, she couldn't talk last night. We were talking, she's like, and I said, uh, you're healed in Jesus' name, you know, and I'm walking out there, I'm trying not to interrupt, you know, and now this. She said, I'm singing tomorrow. I'm singing tomorrow. I'm singing tomorrow. I'm singing tomorrow. The worldly truth was telling her that according to her body, she's sick. No, you're not. Stay at home. Get in the bed. Get in the bed. But she knew revelation truth where the word of God says, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And I'm going to walk that out. And I'm going to sing because I got a mission. I got a purpose that God's called me to do tomorrow. And I'm not going to back down because this worldly truth tells me that I'm sick. Now, please stick with me. This is very important. She knows how to reach into the spiritual and make it tangible in her life, guys. You've got to understand. And the way that you do that, guys, the way that you do that is by faith. Ephesians 1.3 tells us that we've been, we've been, God has given us every spiritual blessing that we need to make it through life. Every, because, that, that, those are ours because of the price that Jesus, because of Jesus, I'm paraphrasing, Right? So what we've got to do is we've got to tap into those blessings, but we've got to bring them into, our, into the natural. We've got to let them manifest in our lives. Guys, you can't see those blessings, but they're there, right? And you've got to bring them over. You do it by faith, guys. You do it by faith. That's what believing it. That's why you, you, you get the word in you so much, those promises where she believes that she's healed. Lord, God, the world says that she's not healed, but she knows the promises of God that says she is healed. She grabs hold of that. She's fully persuaded. Doesn't mean she doesn't have to go through a battle because there was a couple of days there where she wasn't feeling good. She was in a battle. That's called the good fight of faith. But she refused to believe the worldly wisdom. And that's why God says that we we need to seek our wisdom from the spirit. Come on. And she, her, you allowed her faith to reach into the spiritual realm and bring it into manifestation in her life. God, that, that's why Romans 4, 17 tells us that faith calls things that are not as though they were. Amen. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? To the natural mind. It's not that difficult if you just really think about it and allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation on it. Calling those things that are not as though they were. Guys, I, and, and I'm going to tell you something. That I've, I've lived this so much since we've pastored this church. I'm going to tell you something. When you, you ever want to fight and have fights with the enemy, you start pastoring a church. <laughs> I, I know everybody that's ever pastored a church in here knows what I'm talking about. 
why? Because you, you, now you've, you've really put a target on your back because now you're pushing the gospel and the enemy wants to get you out. Guys, I can tell you how many times. I'll tell you one story. It's been about six weeks ago. And, and I don't know if it was the sushi ate on Saturday night or what, but I'm going to tell you, I woke up Sunday morning and I, I didn't want to be here. I really laid in the bed thinking, I'm not going to make it. I've never missed a Sunday. I'm not going to make it. And I began to, now I had to make a decision right there. Am I going to believe what my body is telling me? Sounds crazy, does it? But, but, uh, but the, am I going to believe the truth of the Word of God? Right? Because you've got to remember something, that, that, that true faith is, is acting like God's Word is real, but it's, it's acting like God's Word is real more than what our physical senses are telling us. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I laid there in the bed, and I sat there for a minute. I woke up, wasn't really feeling good at all. And I sat up. I had to push myself. I'm, I told my body, I'm under my breath, I'm sorry, you, you, we getting up, we going. We have a purpose for today. We have a mission today. And I'm going to say, we're going. We are going to be there, and we're going to preach. I'm going to preach as the Holy Spirit leads us, and I will not stop. And I began to quote Scripture. I began to put my feet on the floor, and I made my way to the bathroom. And I began my process of going through my routine and feeding my little dog and this, that, and the other. And the whole time under my breath, I'm just quoting Scripture, and I'm reminding the devil, it is written, I will be there. I am healed. I will not walk in sickness. I will walk in health. And by the time nine o'clock came, it was like it wasn't even there. It wasn't even there. I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice, guys. True faith is acting like God's word is true. Acting like when the word says you're healed, don't just cower to it. I mean, but yet sickness comes on your body. Let's understand me. When the word says you're healed, but then sickness tries to come on your body, don't just cower to the sickness. What are you going to believe? Sometimes you've got to tell your body, hey, this ain't happening. You going on? We're going to work. There's been many times, oh, I've got a pain. I've got a pain. I, I guess I'm going to lay out today. No, I tell my body, you're healed. We're going on, and I'll walk it out. I'll walk it out. I'll walk it out. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not negating the, necess- the, ne- the necessity of a, of a doctor. If you, if the Holy Spirit will show you. If you need to go to the doctor, he'll tell you, go to the doctor. And what you do, you go to the doctor, you get your diagnosis, and you say, thank you, doctor. I appreciate you doing your part. Now I can be specific about my prayers. Now I know what's going on. You don't take the diagnosis and just grab, hold up my little pet. You know, now I've been diagnosed with this. I guess I'll carry this the rest of my life. No, you take it. You all was all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in the healing that's been paid for by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, and I will walk in health. I will. And that, does that mean your body's going to change instantly? Sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't. It becomes a fight of faith. The difference is the more you have built your faith up in the word of God and believe in you, when you become fully persuaded of the promises of God and they're in you, the more the enemy tries to bring things and put things on you, the quicker you are to remind him it is written. Give him a verse. Just like Jesus did when the devil tried to tempt him. We gotta, he was showing us. I mean, Jesus could have called the angels down. Look, squash him to smithereens, but he didn't. He quoted scripture back to him. That's why Ephesians tells us that the word of the God is our weapon. It's the word of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Very, guys, it's very important. And, and you do it by acting on the word. Acting on the word. I keep bringing up healing. You can, you know, I had a gentleman one time, he was at Ramah, 
when we were going through school, and I, I knew he was having a hard time, and, but God had not, I had given him a little money to help him out, but God hadn't he told me to do anything else, and we went out to eat. And he was sitting there, and he went, went all the way and got in line with us. And I was waiting on him to let us know, hey, are you in a situation? Do you need, some, need me to get your lunch? Or, you know. But God was doing something right here. That's why God didn't drop it on any of our heart in the group, because anybody in the group would have bought his lunch. You know, there's no question. But God was working something here. And so we went through the line, and he deliberately got, there were six of us, he deliberately got the back of the line. And uh, he went on through the line, he ordered us from, we were at Charlie's Chicken. We were ordering our food, and you go through, it's kind of like a cafeteria, you tell them what you want, and you pay. And I'm watching him, you know, because I know my heart, my heart's for him. I know it's what he's going through. And as we go on through, you know, he find, he's just sitting there, and he's kind of just going really slow. And he gets to the register to pay for his food. And he looks at the guy at the register, and he's about to, he didn't, you could tell the look on his face, he didn't know what to do, you know, he didn't have the money. And, and he didn't have, but God had told him to, that I'm going to show myself in your life today because of your heart. We found out this later. And as he stood there, he didn't have to say, didn't even have a chance, this happened really fast, so it wasn't like people had a chance to, 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 to pick up on what was going on or anything. The guy behind him said, you know what, buddy, I'm going to bless you and buy your lunch today and paid for his lunch and laid a $50 bill down to pay for his lunch and this gentleman's lunch. And he told him, patted him on the shoulder. And he said, you keep the change. Go buy, you some, go buy you a soda or something later. And I'm going to tell you what, when he got to the table, he worked with us at Raymond. When he got to the table, I'm talking about, it was all, you could see the tears in his eyes. God was doing something because of his faith. He was acting like the word of God was true. I mean, it was just, I, you know, you better know God's leading to do that. But he did. Amen. And remember something. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Not by our physical senses. Not by what we see. Not by what we feel. Walk by faith, which is believing, trusting. And I mean, you have to get this so ingrained in you. That it just, when, when pressure of life starts to squeeze you, it just bleh, comes out, right? Comes out. That sounds pretty bad. I probably shouldn't have done that. But that's, <laughs> but that's true. What's in you comes out. You know, I will tell you, I will, I'll close with this, I promise. I got to tell you this story. I was with a minister, a friend of mine. and uh, No, he's preaching. He's not watching. So we, anyway, we were, <laughs> we were, we were doing, we were, um, we were doing. We were at, at, at um, a particular uh, store, shopping store, and we were <laughs> we were buying some things. And anyway, we were going. We were walking through there, and he needed something off the top shelf. And bless his heart, he's shorter than I am. And you know, I was like, "Well, I'll get it." You know, I'll try to get. It. He said, "No, I can do it. I can do it." You know how short people are. I can do it, don't you? I don't have any. God made me this way. I can make it. You know. So he's trying to get it, and it's a little plastic shelf, stack of shelves. Some of you've seen the little three drawer shelf. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please help me. You know, I'm like this, trying to, thinking if that thing falls on him, I've got to help him catch it. And, uh, and so he, 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 he reaches on up, and he, and he grabs it, and he finally gets it, and then, and then he finally uh, drops it, and it, well, he drops it, and it lands sideways on top of his head. Now, I thought that was so funny. It didn't hurt him. I mean, you know, it hurt his pride more than anything. It hurt, he, and he, I'm going to tell you something. When it hit the top of his head, he would kick me. For telling you this. I mean, a few words came out of his mouth that I looked at him and I thought, how many years you've been preaching, you know? Because I know where you are. 
Listen, preachers are preachers are men too. But uh, what's in you will come out when the pressures apply. So if you drop a stack of drawers on your head, you know, get the word of God in you so the right things coming out of you. Amen. That's the point. 